This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. Today's headlines, storms in California are expected to let up after weeks of heavy rain and flooding. Roads were turned into rivers in parts of the state yesterday. Six people killed in a shooting in California. Those killed include a 17-year-old mother and a six-month-old baby. Find out what's known so far about the shooting. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky appeals for more weapons. Great Britain confirms it will supply the embattled country with tanks. Meanwhile, the German defense minister resigns. China reported a population decline for the first time since the 1950s. It might no longer be the most populous country in the world. And after the brush with death, a father and his twins start to deliver firewood to the neighborhood to keep people warm. He told us why he started that initiative. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is January 17th, a Tuesday. And to kick off the day first, we're taking a look at California. Residents there had to weather a series of storms over the last couple of weeks. Heavy rain caused flooding in many parts of the state. Homes have been swept away, roads turned into rivers, and thousands were forced to evacuate. Now the weather is finally forecast to let up this week. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the latest rounds of tribulations Californians are facing. Roads looked like rivers in San Diego, California on Monday. The state has been battered by a series of severe storms since late last month. A string of atmospheric rivers, storms like rivers in the sky that can carry moisture thousands of miles, have been dumping massive amounts of rain. Small rainstorms lingered on Monday from San Francisco through central California. Water was edging close to Tower Bridge Road in Sacramento. However, Californians might see things starting to dry up this week. The National Weather Service says the state should start to see a break from the heavy rain Tuesday, but forecasters warn of possible mud and rock slides in areas with canyons and steep hills. The ground is saturated after three weeks of rain and snow. The record rainfall has soaked California's steep hillsides, causing hundreds of landslides and heightening the threat to communities. This road in Pescadero collapsed over the weekend after days of heavy rainfall. Hillsides left barren by wildfires and drought make it hard for the land to absorb so much water. There have been at least 19 storm-related deaths since the storm started. More than 8 million people were under flood watches Monday night. President Biden approved California's request for a federal disaster declaration on Saturday. Federal funding will go towards recovery efforts in the three most impacted counties, Merced, Sacramento, and Santa Cruz. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Now, the White House says President Biden will be surveying the damage in California's central coast on Thursday. Biden will meet with first responders, visit affected towns, and assess what additional federal support is needed. Six people were shot and killed at a home in Goshen, California yesterday. The dead include a 17-year-old mother and a six-month-old baby. Authorities say the attack was targeted. They described it as a horrific massacre. Deputies responded to reports of multiple shots fired at around four in the morning. Here's more from the county sheriff. Actually, the report was they believed an active shooter uh, was in the area because of the number of rounds that were being fired. The whole situation is tragic. 
we have a 17-year-old mother and a six-month-old child, both of which uh, were shot in the head. We have at least two suspects uh, at this point. Uh, we also believe that this is not a random act of violence. We believe that this was a targeted uh, family. We believe that there are gang associations uh, involved in this scene, as well as potential narcotics investigations. As of a week ago, we as the Sheriff's Office actually conducted uh, narcotic search warrants uh, at this residence. Now, the two suspects haven't been caught yet. The sheriff says he has information he hopes will lead to them, but he wasn't able to discuss that at this point. Two of the slain were found in the street. A third was found in the doorway of the house. The other three were found inside the home. One man was still alive when police arrived. He later died at the hospital. Royal Caribbean says 17 migrants were taken aboard one of its cruise ships Saturday after it came across a small vessel that was adrift. The cruise ship Liberty of the Seas was on its way to the Bahamas at the time. A passenger says the captain announced they were diverting from their path to check on the vessel as required by maritime law. The passenger said the migrants were out at sea for 15 days and were waving, smiling and happy to be rescued. The cruise line says the crew safely brought them on board, provided them medical attention and they are working closely with the U.S. Coast Guard. Bahamian authorities are leading the investigation. And switching gears here from cruise ship to airlines, Southwest Airlines is updating customers following its operations meltdown last month. The airline sent an email to customers Monday night outlining its recovery from the mountain of issues encountered during peak holiday travel. Southwest says it has returned virtually all of the bags and processed almost all refunds. It has also hired an aviation consulting firm to complete an assessment of the event and to make recommendations. The airline has budgeted more than $1 billion of its annual operating plan on improving and maintaining its IT systems. Southwest says it canceled more than 16,000 flights between December 21st and December 31st and lost between $725 million to $825 million in revenue. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is calling on the West to speed up its supply of weapons. This after the deadly apartment building attack in Dnipro. Meanwhile, the UK has confirmed that it will be the first NATO country to supply its ally with Western tanks. Entity's Daniel Monahan has the report. The death toll from the Russian missile strike in Dnipro rose to 40 on Monday. Dozens more are still missing. What happened in Dnipro, the fact that Russia is preparing a new attempt to seize the initiative in the war, the fact that the nature of the hostilities at the front requires new decisions in the defense supply, all this only emphasizes how important it is to coordinate our efforts. Zelensky described the attack as a war crime and said his country would use all available opportunities to pursue those responsible. The security service of Ukraine has already started to gather information about the Russian military that prepared and carried out this strike. Undoubtedly, every person guilty of this war crime will be identified and held responsible. Ukraine has appealed for more weapons. We need uh, air defense systems. And Great Britain has answered that call. It will send a squadron of 14 Challenger 2 tanks to the conflict in the coming weeks. 
Moscow is likely to see the introduction of Western tanks onto the battlefield as an escalation of the war. In related news, German Defense Minister Christine Lambrecht resigned from Chancellor Olaf Scholz's government on Monday. Her departure is the culmination of growing doubts about her ability to revive Germany's armed forces. This against the backdrop of the Ukraine war. Scholz has promised the German arms industry long-term contracts, as defense companies are demanding assurances that the investments will pay off. What is important is that when we set about the future of our country, we know that Germany needs a strong military and an efficient defense industry. Germany's defense capabilities have been called into question after several Puma infantry tanks were put out of service during a recent military drill. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the Russo-Ukrainian war is in a decisive phase adding that NATO must, quote, provide Ukraine with the weapons it needs to win. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. And a shipload of U.S. military hardware arrived in the Danish port of Aarhus on Monday. It's in preparation for a series of training exercises across NATO's eastern frontier countries. The U.S. Army's 2nd Armored Brigade Combat Team, 1st Cavalry Division, is arriving in Europe for a nine-month rotation. The division from Fort Hood, Texas, will take part in a NATO operation called Atlantic Resolve, which the Army says provides rotational deployments of combat-credible forces to Europe. Shipments of military hardware also arrived last week at the port of Vlissingen in the Netherlands. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol said on Monday that a return to nuclear power is necessary. This to meet his nation's efforts to be carbon neutral by 2050. Yoon made the comments at a summit in the United Arab Emirates. The country's leader, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, was in attendance. Yoon underlined Seoul's commitment to nuclear power as it works to finish the Arabian Peninsula's first atomic power plant. That could see South Korea in line for lucrative maintenance contracts and future projects in the UAE. Seoul has grown closer to the country in recent years. Yoon's predecessor, President Moon Jae-in, sought to move South Korea away from nuclear power. This amid safety and graft scandals and Japan's 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster. Korea has also declared its 2050 carbon neutrality goal. To achieve this goal, we are working to rapidly restore the nuclear power system, which supplies carbon-free electricity and boost the supply of clean energy such as renewable energy and hydrogen energy. The $20 billion Baraka nuclear power plant, Seoul's first attempt to build atomic reactors abroad, will one day account for nearly a quarter of all of the Emirates' power needs. At a time when the world is watching China's pandemic losses, the country has announced its first population decline in decades. The National Bureau of Statistics reported Tuesday that the country had 850,000 fewer people at the end of 2022 than the previous year. That left a total of just over 1.4 billion people with 9.5 million births against 10.4 million deaths. It wasn't immediately clear if the population figures have been affected by the COVID-19 outbreak, but experts find China's statistics not reliable. 
Yifu Xian is a demographer and expert on Chinese population trends at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Based on his research, he said China's population has actually been declining since 2018. According to Yi, China's real demographic crisis is beyond imagination and that all of China's past economic, social, defense and foreign policies were based on faulty demographic data. Now, the last time China is believed to have recorded a population decline was during the time of the Great Leap Forward movement. That was a disastrous drive launched by Mao at the, at the end of eight, the 1950s for collective farming and industrialization. Yes, that produced a massive famine, killing tens of millions of people. Now, we still don't know how this pandemic affects the population figures in China. Since abandoning the strict one-child policy in 2016, China has sought to encourage families to have second or even third children, but with little success. Coming up, San Francisco's Reparations Committee proposes giving each eligible black resident $5 million. Find out more about the lump sum payment and the host of other benefits being recommended. Former Brazil President Jair Bolsonaro speaks on video with supporters in the U.S. He commented on the protests in Brazil. We'll have that and more when we return. Good to have you back with us. Former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro spoke on video yesterday from Florida. He commented on the breach of several government buildings by protesters on January 8th. I regret what happened on the 8th. It's unbelievable. Unfortunately, people learned, understood what politics is, got to know the political powers, and started to value freedom. I spoke to some about freedom. They said it was like the sun. It rises every day. It's not like that. We believe in Brazil. Bolsonaro also spoke of his accomplishments while in office. He cited reduced corruption, a strengthening economy, and low unemployment. Brazil's Supreme Court agreed to open an investigation into Bolsonaro for allegedly encouraging protests that ended in the storming of government buildings by his supporters in Brasilia. Bolsonaro left Brazil for the United States after losing the October election against current President Lula da Silva. San Francisco's Reparations Committee is proposing to give a lump sum of $5 million to each eligible black resident. They're also recommending other financial benefits like debt forgiveness and guaranteed incomes of $97,000 for at least 250 years. The draft says to be eligible, the person must be 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. They must meet at least two of eight other criteria. That includes being born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996, proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years, being personally or the direct descendant of someone imprisoned for drugs, or being a descendant of someone enslaved before 1865. The Reparations Committee acknowledged that neither San Francisco nor California ever formally adopted slavery. They argue black residents were discriminated against and excluded from employment, education and housing. The committee submitted its draft to the city last month. It will make its recommendations in June. Last year was a wild ride for the U.S. housing market. So what's in store for 2023? Economists and the CEO of the largest mortgage lending company in the U.S. weigh in on what we can expect this year. Let's take a look. When it comes to the housing market, are we in for another roller coaster ride in 2023? Next 12, 18, 24 months in housing is going to be 
is going to be difficult. Last year, mortgage rates doubled, sales plummeted, and many would-be buyers and sellers were sidelined. In recent months, home prices have cooled off from their blockbuster gains from spring 2020 to the spring of 2022, when home prices rose nearly 40 percent. House prices rose very strongly during much of the pandemic, and we're just retracing some of those price gains. Economist Mark Zandi says the direction of the market this year will be determined by the inventory, the broader economy, and mortgage rates. According to Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.33% in the week ending January 12th. That's down from 7.08% last fall, but well above 3.45% from a year ago. The CEO of Rocket Mortgage says relatively high mortgage rates have caused homeowners to reconsider selling their homes, and that's leading to higher competition for those fewer homes on the market. But we're not seeing, you know, 15 offers on one home at this point in time. We're starting to see prices come down a little bit in certain markets. So when would be a good time to buy a home this year? Experts say avoid the spring selling season when homes tend to sell for a seasonal premium when buyers are committed to getting it done. And if you're waiting for prices to get back down, some experts say you could be left holding your breath. I wouldn't say it's a necessarily a buyer's market yet. What I would say is it's a pretty even market between buyer and seller. Realtor.com is predicting prices will rise by around 5% this year. However, John Burns Real Estate Consulting is predicting a decline of as much as 22% compared to the peak in 2022. And moving on to Chile for a moment here, scientists in Chile's Patagonia region are unearthing the southernmost dinosaur fossils recorded outside Antarctica. This includes remains of mega raptors that would have dominated the area's food chain before their mass extinction. Let's take a look. Fossils of megaraptors were found in sizes up to 32 feet long. The carnivorous dinosaur inhabited parts of South America during the Cretaceous period some 70 million years ago. The remains were found in Chile's far south Rio de las Chinas Valley between 2016 and 2020. Also found were some unusual remains of the bird-like velociraptor dinosaurs, which likely lived covered in feathers. The director of the Chilean Antarctic Institute said the findings also give new insights into ecology. Research is showing a sound connection between the southern region of South America, New Zealand and Australia. Therefore, the theropods complete this information and give us a much up-to-date vision of ecology. A researcher from the University of Chile said the specimens had some characteristics not present in Argentine or Brazilian counterparts. The discovery namely consisted of finding and rescuing fossils of teeth in the China Valley. And these species have a singular characteristic that let us interpret them as belonging to the megaraptor dinosaurs. The studies also shed more light on the conditions of the meteorite impact on Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula that may have triggered the dinosaur's extinction some 65 million years ago. Up next, a father and his twin sons are pursuing their life's mission to help others in need. They are making sure everyone in their community stays warm through the cold winter months. And horses jumping over huge bonfires in Spain, a traditional purification ceremony that gathered hundreds of locals and tourists in central Spain. We have the story after the break.
Welcome back. Now, winter can be awfully cold, and it may be surprising to some to learn how many have to go without heat. One father and his twin sons took it upon themselves to do whatever they can to make sure as many people stay warm as possible. During winter storms and cold temperatures, Shane McDaniel, a father of eight, and his twin sons have made it their mission to make sure their community will stay nice and cozy. Five years ago, they first started delivering firewood to anybody in need. And on occasion, that means all hands on deck. My nine-year-old Jack has been helping with the wood for, you know what, since he was four. So he doesn't remember not helping, you know. And we've given over 300 cords away, probably about 325 cords. And that's a lot of wood. And all of that also resulted in some good parenting moments. I think kindness and giving back, helping others, that, that has left a bigger mark on them than anything. But it's not just a family effort anymore. Throughout the years, Shane has brought together about 500 community members to help, and they never expect anything in return. They get many messages from people in need. That is all the motivation I need to keep going. And Shane says that it is surprising how many people have to go without heat in the winter. But sometimes the people that open the door catch him off guard. There's times where I'll pull up and go, oh man, this person doesn't need wood. Look, their their place looks in order. They've got a house and a car. And and then I, I knock on the door because I'm always going to leave something, uh, you know, a token at the very least. And, and then I meet somebody that's just riddled with cancer. You know, and the house is unkept and they're, they're so sick they can't even, you know, do anything. And it's not just cancer patients. I meet parents who've, you know, uh, lost a child. You know, and they've got three more, but they can't get out of bed. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking. All of this was born out of his own brush with death. For seven years, his soybean allergy stayed undiscovered. What sounds benign had a big impact on his health, but that wasn't the catalyst of it all. I lost 75 pounds, uh, just down to a, a, you know, a, a skeleton, basically. And the, the suffering I went through of, of throwing up every single day for seven years um, just gave me a lot of sympathy for those that are suffering. And then when I drowned, that was the catalyst that said, let's give away half our stuff. Let's help, help allevi alleviate some suffering. He says after that experience, he gained a new aspect on life. I really got a, a I collected a lot of junk and I'm not saying I don't have nice things now, but I got rid of a lot of things because it just, what good will this do me when I, you know, at the end of my life, will this, 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 and this matter? No, but helping all these people will. That's, that's what feels good is giving people who are going without. When you go to someone's house and you see that how, how cold, I mean, I go, people are burning garbage, you know, people that really don't have a dime. He still has some piles of wood that are waiting to be distributed this year. Once that's done, he'll be gathering more donations through people who contact him over Facebook or his beer store that he runs. Wow, imagine having that much wood in your driveway. <laughs>
<laughs> but it's important. He says they're in the Cascade Mountain mountain area, right? So there it's cold and wet, and that's a type of cold that really seeps into your bones. Oh, yeah. And that's a ton of work besides running his own business. But what a great example that sets for his kids. For sure, yeah. And revelers riding horses leapt over huge bonfires on Monday. It's a purification ceremony known as Las Luminarias, a traditional festival that gathered hundreds of locals and tourists in central Spain. The one-hour event takes place every January 16th. For locals, it's the biggest festival in town. A hundred horses gallop through the small municipality's narrow cobblestone streets. The tradition is set to purify the animals with the smoke and flames of the bonfires for the coming year. Once the festival concluded, participants took advantage of the burning embers to cook their dinner. Organizers say the horses are applied with a layer of protective wax to prevent burns. It has Celtic origins. It consists of placing bonfires throughout the village with a wet broom. That's why it smokes so much. And it is celebrated in honor of Saint Anton, who is supposed to be the patron saint of animals. This serves to protect, purify and free animals from epidemics. It can also work for humans. For us, Las Laminarias is more than a party. It is a feeling. We have the horses all year round to go out tonight and enjoy them. That is why we look after them. As you can see, they are not badly cared for. Wow, aren't traditions so cool? And those are some brave horses. Yes, you know what? I rode a horse once that didn't even want to step into a puddle of water. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that horse would probably have to sit this one out. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, that's it for today. Write us at morning at ntd.com if you have any stories that you would like to share. Shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.